0: This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. We're back. The Nearside Low Podcast with your host, Charlie Catelli.
1: Hey, co-host Ray Grinecum.
0: Uh We're here to give the people what they want. Uh, we've been a while. We've been away for a while. Uh, July 10th, uh, we promised you we'd be recording uh, this summer, and so here we are. Um, we've got some stuff we do want to talk about. Um, if you're not interested in hearing Ray and I yammer for the next 10 or 15 minutes, feel free to fast forward um, as we have our uh, guest um, for this uh, hot day in July is Ryan Hall. He's the coach at McKendry. Um and so we're going to be talking to him about his past. Um, and what he's doing now and, and some other things. So, um, yeah, we're just excited to be here, and uh, we're hoping that you guys uh, get a little taste here and uh, and want some more. Um, so I'm going to, of course, pass on the torch. We'd like to follow a certain format, um, and our format always begins with a question of the week. Ray, hit it.
1: So uh, this upcoming weekend is the Clay Men's Tournament, which is always an awesome event, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but at the Clay Men's Tournament this weekend, you'll see a number of our current high school coaches playing. Uh, you'll see people like Miguel, Taylor, uh, Andrew Shona from Order Parkway Central, Scott Summers. Uh, but our question this week is uh, on the funnier side. We want, we're asking you, which coach who was a former water polo player would you most like to see in the pool? So um, that could be somebody like Coach Don Casey, um, Coach Paul Bondistal, Coach Andy Butler, uh, Coach Charlie Catelli. Um, Heck no! <laughs> so uh, so go on to the
0: website vote, but we want to know which coach you would most like to see playing in the pool. Uh, and on that regards, Ray, I have already been asked, because I think uh, the Jungle Cat Club is putting together an alumni team, and, and I think I'm only good for about one, one lap down the pool, <laughs> so I politely decline. I'm hoping to be poolside to watch some good water polo, though. Um, and so, yeah, so go on to Missouri Water Polo and vote, and uh, let's see, we'll see what happens. Uh, Ray and I will come up with the list of coaches. Um, obviously, we don't want to list 30 people on there, so we'll try and limit it. But uh, get on there and click away. Um, and so then that moves on into uh, talking a bit, a little bit about past games or tournaments. Um, and so the two, the first first one we're going to discuss is obviously the zone qualifier, which is the 16 and under and 18 under qualifier, which was held in Michigan this year and that obviously was done in order for club teams to determine uh, their ranking or actually being allowed to go to California for the Junior Olympic Tournament. Um, I was not that involved. I did not travel there. Uh, I'm not sure, Ray, You got you got some info on that? or
1: Yeah, so uh, the two qualifiers that were held this year were for the 18-under boys and the 16-under boys, and uh, teams from our area did well at both respective qualifiers. Uh, at the 16-under level, uh, Jungle Cats qualified in the classic division. So, um, so there's the championship division, there's the classic division, and then there's an invitational. So, um, Jungle Cats did really well um, and got into the classic division at the 16-under level. Then at the 18-under level, uh, Mad Dog and Slap both qualified, um, and they will represent. They will be in the classic division. They'll be first and second. Um, seeds out of the Midwest zone in the Classic Division. So congratulations to all those teams. Uh, The exciting thing is the JL qualifiers will be in St. Louis next year. So, uh, Yeah, so hopefully we'll have a few more teams participating, and potentially next year will be a great opportunity to get a girls team from St. Louis uh, participating in one of the girls qualifiers. So um, looking forward to having those in St. Louis this year, but uh, congrats to Jungle Cats, Mad Dog, and Slap. All three of those teams will be going out to the to Junior Olympics uh, in a couple weeks out in Southern California.
0: Super exciting! Congrats, you guys. Uh, And so then that moves on to another tournament that actually just took place this last weekend, um, and that was the uh, Cincinnati Summer Shootout. And I think this might be the third year of this, uh, so relatively new. Is that right, or am I wrong? No, Uh, I think it's been going on for a little bit longer. Okay, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is hosted by Moose Water Polo, which is um, obviously based out of there. Um, and it is hosted by, I think, a former St. Louis U High graduate, Nick Helwig. Is that right? right. Yep. Um, and it's definitely grown into a pretty big tournament. I know um, the club, uh, Jungle Cats that I coach for, um, I don't. we sent someone up last year. I don't know if we did two years. We sent an 18s up last year to the tournament, um, and they had a really good time. And this year, um, we ended up sending up a 16s and an 18s. Um, you got any comments on that, Ray? You got no, I mean you, you watched. Yeah, I did. The games, right? uh, re- one thing they had that was really cool. It was kind of part of cable television. Is they tweeted out a link. They Obviously, had some type of contract. So a lot of their games were live streamed, and they actually had uh, they had kind of an announcer there talking about the game. Seemed relatively knowledgeable about what was going on in the water, um, which was pretty exciting. Um, at the sixteen and under level, um, I didn't get to follow that one as much. I think uh, congratulations, Jungle Cats, they ended up getting third. So they ended up getting fourth. They played in the third place game. I apologize. Um, so that was pretty exciting for them. It's always fun. I, I always think, you know, back to when I went to Chicago for tournaments and stuff in the summer. It's fun to travel. It's fun to create camaraderie with other, other people from other schools outside of your high school, so on and so forth. Um, and then the one that I was really excited about was kind of cool, um, was the 18 and under championship. And uh, it was beautiful because ended up having uh, Mad Dog... Um, coached by Greg M.D., take on Jungle Cat Water Polo and was being coached by um, Coach John panelia And that was pretty cool to see in all St. Louis final. So, you know, unfortunately they did have to drive five hours to make that happen, but um, definitely probably the two best teams there. Um, and in watching the game, it was, I mean, it was back and forth. I think Mad Dog kept putting one in, Jungle Cats would tie it, and I I would say it probably wasn't until the last minute and a half, two minutes that I think Jungle Cats went up, maybe 13-11, and uh, Mad Dog had had an opportunity or two, and um, Jungle Cat was able to run out the clock, so... Um, I guess it's a testament, because I know there were teams from Georgia, there were teams from, obviously, Ohio um, and Chicago, that two St. Louis teams, Missouri water polo teams, um, made it to the uh, finals. So, pretty exciting, I think. Some of those broadcasts, if you're interested in watching them, I think they're still stored online somewhere at that website. Feel free to follow the Cincinnati Summer Shootout on Twitter. You just need to type that name into the search column and they'll pop up. They have an actual Twitter handle where they were tweeting out scores and links to all of the games. So um, pretty cool. Uh, As far as other past tournaments, those are kind of the two big ones that that we're kind of familiar with right now. Um, And, of course, Ray has already mentioned this, and we'll talk more about it here in a second. But we like to talk about stuff that's coming up. And this weekend, obviously, is a uh, a big, long-standing, long-running, pretty competitive tournament, and that's the Clayton tournament. Ray is heavily involved in that, so I'm going to let him kind of well he's heavily involved with Clayton Waterpolo plays there he probably knows a little bit more than I do
1: yeah so uh, really excited this weekend it looks like the weather is going to be great for uh, this Clayton uh, men's tournament going to start at Friday night five o'clock run all day on Saturday and then run uh, most of the day on Sunday as well uh, this year we've got four out-of-town teams coming in uh, city of Chicago which, which always um, is a very strong team Des Moines coming down Columbus as well as Team Chicago, which is a lot of the guys from the Chicago Park District. And then Slap's going to enter a team. Jungle Cats will have a team. There will be a Jungle Cat alumni team. And then a couple of claim teams. So it should be a great tournament this weekend. It's the 50th annual one. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have some press there. I I know our our friend uh, John O'Sullivan over at Channel 4 is hopefully going to have a news crew over there. And uh, STL Today knows about it as well. So um, hopefully going to get some publicity. It's going to be a great tournament. Uh, so, come on out, enjoy
0: enjoy some good water polo. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then uh, I think this is what, the first weekend in August, is that right? The quarry tournament? Correct. And it's got a special, what's the real name? I keep calling it the quarry uh, tournament. I think
1: it's called the Show Me Showdown.
0: Show Me Showdown. And uh, kind of an interesting tournament. It's taking place in a quarry. Right. Um, and so uh, it's a, kind of an open tournament, is my understanding. So it's going to be a combination of similar to Clayton, some high school level teams and. Uh, uh, adult teams, is that right? Right. So uh, this is being organized by the guys uh,
1: at Missouri S and uh, Adam Brisky, who graduated from Marquette High School last year, or now 2016. Uh, John De Stefano, and uh, a few others uh, are putting together this tournament. It's going to be at Fugitive Beach, um, August 4 through 6. Um, I know, like Clayton, sending a team, but there's also going to be a number of college teams. Should be a great tournament. You can come down just to watch, but it's awesome having. Um, then put together an event like that that will be outdoors, get a chance to play in the quarry, which I, I've never been down there, but I've heard it's a great
0: place to be. Pretty so, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have heard that also. And now this is the first time this place is hosting a tournament like this. Correct. Yes, Is that correct? correct. Right. Yeah. So you could be part of the first First annual, hopefully. Um, so, uh, and I don't know. Are they still looking for teams? Is that
1: uh, as of last week? They were still looking. I think for two more teams. I don't know if Adam has filled that. But if you're interested, I would definitely encourage you to reach out. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Showdown. Um, but there's also links on Missouri Water Polo website. But I encourage you to go check it out. They've got a, they've got a nice website with a lot of information on it.
0: All right, cool. So uh, that summarizes our future because I mean, after that, I mean, high school boys swim season is. Um, I think it starts July 31st, so it'll be in full swing. Um, And I guess uh, we'll talk a little bit. Do you want to talk about... Is that something we forgot to talk about? That's obviously something upcoming. Yeah. Um, So Junior Olympics, obviously, um, we always kind of have the crown jewel of the end of the summer um, that a lot of clubs are training for. We already mentioned the 16-and-unders and 18-and-unders and and who qualified. It is going to be taking place in Southern California this year, um, which is always exciting because you get to go to the beach, so on and so forth. Um, Very competitive, Um, and I always say, and I I haven't been out in the past couple years, but whenever I went out there, I was impressed, A, with the level of water polo play out there, and then the facilities. And we've talked before about how we're lagging behind a little bit in facilities, but um, obviously when it's warm year-round, you can can build these beautiful outdoor pools. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, check that stuff out. Um, Moving on, Uh, we always have a little polo in the news bit. Um, and so, we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, after the Missouri Water Polo All-Star Night, um, Greg Uptain, who works for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, um, created the uh, All-Metro List. Do you, do you have those down? Or
1: Yeah, I do. So, uh it was pretty, pretty similar to what uh, the coaches voted on for first-team all-district, second-team all-district, but uh, they selected Mitch Griffin as player of the year, well-deserving, well uh, finishing off a uh, great career over at Parkway West, and then they designated uh, Noah Dweehy, Joe Jelinek, uh, Thomas Larson, um, Thomas Nordman, Mason White, uh, Trevor Zeifel, and Philip Harder. Um, is your first team. And then, second team was uh, Zan Adams from Pattonville, Nathan Burles, Ben Kinnison, Casey Natch, Michael Nay, Marco Terzik, and Mike Harris. So, uh, congrats to all those guys. Uh, once again, it was awesome having the water polo coverage done by. Uh, Greg Optane and his crew this year, a lot of of water polo articles. um, So uh, great to see. Right. If
0: you want to read up on that, feel free to visit stltoday.com. I'm sure you can find it under the high school section um, of the sports section. Um, And then the other uh, last bit of polo in the news um, was uh, kind of a surprise, I think, for some of us at the beginning of the summer after the All-Star game. Um, But Coach Miguel Figueres had kind of stepped back from being the head coach um, of the DeSmet Spartans, which obviously was a surprise. He's a big staple in the water polo community. I think it caught a lot of people off guard. Um, but after kind of hearing, you know, what was going on and, um, and you know, he's still obviously going to be, sounds like super involved in a lot of aspects in water polo, I was a little more okay with it. Um, and so um, they ended up, DeSmet ended up making a great hire, um, and that was uh, Taylor Swires. And Ray knows Taylor pretty well, so I'm going to let him kind of touch on that. And
1: Yeah, so I mean, definitely uh, very exciting that DeSmet uh, picked Ty- Taylor to take over as their head coach. I mean, obviously, we're sad to see a great coach like Miguel have to step back. Uh, he was stepping back because um, of his job responsibilities, he wasn't always able to make it over to DeSmet. Um, and he thought it was uh, best to hand it on to somebody else. And Taylor's definitely... Going to be a great coach over there. I mean, he's always working with SLAP, knows the game really well. So that's an awesome hire for DeSmet, and I know he's going to do great things over there. It's also exciting that I know Miguel's going to stay involved. He's still talking about organizing the DeSmet invite next year. He's going to be helping. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, right, right. So that'll, <laughs> that'll still continue to be an amazing tournament, um, and he still plans to be involved with helping coach when he can. But uh, congrats to Taylor. As I said, awesome hire for DeSmet. He'll do great things over there. Um, And uh, that's definitely, definitely will be
0: good for this month. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we're going to sign off here and we're going to interview uh, Coach Ryan Hall. Uh, We hope not to be as big of strangers until our uh, next podcast, but uh, we can't make any guarantees. Uh, Ray's very busy and I'm on three weeks vacation from (laughs) summer school uh, until the start of fall sports. So um, we'll try and get you something. So uh, hang in there. We are here, uh, folks, with our uh, first summer interview, uh, and that is Coach Ryan Hall from uh, McKendree University. Um, And so, Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Thanks for spending your uh, um, July uh, afternoon with us. We appreciate it. Um, As with all of our guests, uh, we always like to learn a little bit of uh, background information on on who they are. Um, And Ryan, I'm guessing that if you're coaching at the college level, you've probably been around the sport of polo for quite some time.
2: Yeah, you know, I... I'm from the Northwest, so I got my start, you know, playing out in Seattle, um, okay. like most kids, started out on the club level, uh, I was playing in high school also, and then went on to play in college, I played a year at Cal Berkeley, uh, I was a redshirt freshman there, and then I transferred to a Division three school, the University of Redlands in Southern California, and I uh, had a great experience there, going to college and playing water polo, and Uh, After I graduated, I had a chance to play for a professional team in Hungary, Um, so I went over to Budapest, tried out for a team there, Uh, didn't make the team, I went right from Budapest basically over to Sydney, Australia, Uh, had some buddies and former teammates of mine at Redlands playing over there for a professional team called the Balmain Tigers, so I uh, packed my bags and went to Sydney, Australia and played and lived over there for about a year. Um, figured out, you know, my uh, time playing water polo was probably (laughs) at an end. Wasn't gonna make uh, a lot of money, you know, as as you guys know, playing professional water polo. And uh, figured out I wanted to get more into coaching, so I went back to Seattle. um, Helped to start and build a club up there called Rain City Water Polo Club. I we've we've we played them, I think, a couple times when we've gone out to JOS and stuff. So yes. Okay. Yeah. We uh we had a pretty good team a few years ago and I mean the club developed quite a bit you know we started out with 10-15 guys and uh over the course of a few years you know uh multiple coaches boys and girls multiple age groups so um it was a tough decision to leave to go back to the University of Redlands but uh, at the time you know I really wanted to coach in college um my old coach Tom Whittemore said he needed a grad assistant or assistant coach. And so uh, I figured it was kind of the best of, of both worlds. I can get my graduate degree um, and also get some experience coaching as an assistant for uh, for Tom. And then they were actually hiring a new women's coach at the time. So I got to work for Tom on the men's side and then Chris Gillen, uh, who was the newly hired women's coach. So spent three years at Redlands and um, finished, got my master's in higher education, and around, uh, I guess it's only been like three, four months ago by now, uh, McKendry, I had applied for their head coaching job. They called me back um, over the course of a couple weeks, got to know their athletic director, um, talked with Colleen a few times, who's the women's head coach, and uh, flew out, had my interview. And shortly after, I accepted their offer to be the men's head coach. And so
0: <laughs> here I am. So, well, congrats, by the way. Uh, and I, I wanted to touch on – you talked about playing professionally in Australia. Uh, and I know we've – there's a uh, – I want to say Andrew Shonoff, the Parkway Central coach, played a professionally overseas. What is that – I mean, is that your sole focus while you're out there? Or do you have, like – I mean, I, I know nothing about that. Are you you working part-time jobs? Or is it like we're in the weight room three times a week? Or, or is it a little more laid back than that?
2: No, so it, it's a good question. Um, I was really – i didn't know what to expect when i was going to hungary it was pretty clear you know this was going to be it as far as you playing water polo this was your job you'd get a a monthly salary they set you up for a place to live um but that's like you know your tier one professional teams eastern european teams (laughs) australia is a little bit different so the club that i played for was uh a semi-professional club so they didn't pay their athletes um and the reason being is they had three current Australian Olympians on the team that um, didn't want to take any of the club's money. It was a kind of an understanding that well, if we're not going to pay these Olympians, we're, we're really not going to
0: go Maybe out of our Olympians, right? <laughs>
2: to, to pay uh, some kids from America that you know are here just to to play water polo and have some fun. So. What they did is they, they helped me find some jobs. They they set me up for with a place to stay. Um, as I said, a couple of my really good buddies that I played with in college were already out there, so they had you know really done a lot of the legwork to get me set up. So um, we played, uh, we practiced probably about three or four times a week. Uh, we'd have a tournament, you know, every other week or so. We'd play games on the weekends. We did a little bit of traveling, but. Um, you know, in the same league, you have teams there that, that do play, uh, pay players that recruit from overseas. Um, and so that's why it's called a, it's, it's called semi-professional because okay. you have some teams that don't pay their athletes, some teams that do. And it's, um, you know, it's a very competitive league and that's what kind of surprised me. I didn't know, you know, what I was really getting into ability wise, where the teams were going to be at, but, uh, you know, overall it was a great experience and, Got to play with some really talented players from all over the world. Cool. Uh, so yeah, it
1: was it was great. So uh, so now now you're at McKendry, uh Excited to have you in St. Louis. Why? So what what drew you to McKendree, and um, what do you hope to accomplish there, um, especially given your background in coaching, not only in Seattle but University of Redlands, Foothill Water Polo Club. What what are you hoping happens at McKendree?
2: Um, well, first of all, I think, you know, for me, one of the things that really attracted me to the the job at McKendree was the fact that it is a new program. Um, I think it would be cool for for any head coach who's taking their first uh, head coaching position, you know, to be there at the forefront with a, with a program that's just switching from club to varsity to really kind of have an opportunity to put your your name on the on the program and and kind of build it from the ground up and recruit the kids that you know you think are are going to represent the school uh, to the best of their ability and and uh, so that was all very appealing to me and the administration um you know from the president who was an occidental grad and, and was ribbing me like from day one about being a redlands guy uh, he was uh very enthusiastic about all athletics but you know, specifically water polo. And, um, you know, he hasn't been there all that long, but one of his main goals was to, uh, make water polo a varsity sport and to build a new facility. And in the last five years, I mean, he's, he's been able to accomplish both of those things. So, um, the administration extremely supportive of athletics, which is a huge plus for me. And the fact that they do have a new facility, you know, um, some of the jobs I looked at in the past, the the pool is six lanes wide, you know, shallow deep. Um, nothing against the programs, but it's hard, as as anyone that's coached in, in those environments know, it's hard to accomplish everything that you need to, to try and do when you're, you know, in a shallow deep pool, six lanes wide with 30 plus kids. Um, you know, so having a a full size competition pool uh, was a great you know, uh, attribute to, to the job, something that I definitely, um, was excited about. And, you know, I, I spent my whole life on the West coast, um, grew up in the Northwest, spent a ton of time playing and and working in California. And so I'd never really been out to the Midwest, um, have some friends out in this area, but I didn't really have anything tying me to California. You know, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. And so I figure while I'm still young, uh why not take a, a job that's gonna you know force me to see some other parts of the country and, and be in an area where you know I'm unfamiliar and, and gets new new people and network and connects with uh, you know the water water polo community out here. So part of my goal is to to try and just help develop the sport. You know, I think I have some experience with that being from the Northwest and coaching up there where it's it's somewhat underrepresented. Um So I plugged in with Slap water polo, Clayton men's water polo. I'm just trying to kind of immerse myself as much as I can and and talk to people in the area and see what water polo is like out here and just do what I can to try and, you know, provide an opportunity for some of those local athletes to play high level college water polo.
1: So I I know you've been traveling around a lot since you've been here. I know you went up to the Jo qualifiers. I know that you were up in Cincinnati this last weekend. What's, what's been your impression of some of the athletes we have here in the Midwest and uh, polo in the Midwest in general? Um, You know, I think there's a lot of talent and, and I really do
2: find a lot of similarities to, you know, the Northwest athletes and the kids that I've seen play out here and that Um, I think there's lots of potential. I just think that, you know, the boys and girls out here are limited because of their, uh, opportunity to play competitive, you know, games, to have competitive experiences. And so, um, what I've been telling and recruits that I speak to that are, that are in the area is, you you know, when you're a college athlete and you're playing against a, a kid that's been growing up in Southern California and had a has had an opportunity to play every other weekend against really, you know, quality teams. You're going to have to play a bit of uh, catch-up, you know, when you're entering college at the same time as that type of athlete. But I think a lot of times, you know, you're going to see much more rapid improvement. I think the ceiling is is higher in a lot of cases for those kids that have, you know, not had those same types of same type of opportunities uh, growing up. And um, so for me, it's it's it can be a huge positive to try and find kids that are just enthusiastic about water polo, you know, that that really want to compete and want to, you know, improve and, and to be coached. And so that's my approach when I've been going to some of these local events um, in some areas that aren't necessarily known for water polo is just to, you know, try and find kids that are, you know, athletic that have played maybe other team sports growing up Um uh, even if they got into water pole a little bit late, you know, they're obviously enthusiastic about it and they want to go to a place where they're going to be challenged and pushed and and still have a competitive experience. Um, You know, so I think there is a lot of untapped potential in this area. I've actually been really impressed with, you know, how in a lot of ways streamlined it is from, you know, I, I haven't seen all the clubs in this area, but I've done a lot of ODP coaching in California and then what I've seen out there is very similar to what uh, a lot of kids seem to be doing at practices and workouts and even in, in games and scrimmages, some of the skills that you see, um, you know, the coaches instructing at ODP camps, it's the same stuff I'm seeing out here, which is, is a very good thing to, to be seeing.
0: Cool. All right. Well, let's change, let's change gears. I know I, I talked to you uh, via email about maybe talking about coaching philosophy and um, some mentors of yours. So... Uh, hopefully, hopefully this isn't a surprise to you. But um, do you, I mean, do you, you know, having coached, uh, I guess I'm uh, maybe year twelve of water polo, um, yeah. and I think about people that have influenced me and like how I run my program and stuff. Is there anybody that, that you've already mentioned? I think a college coach that you worked for. Is there anyone that you know has, has influenced you? Um, who are they, and, and what what was the biggest? What was their biggest? What was the biggest takeaway that you had from them that you think you're probably going to be implementing at McKendry? Sure you know a, a
2: couple guys come to mind um, but since this is kind of a, a back and forth I wanted to just kind of ask you guys you know if you don't mind like you've probably had some good coaches some bad coaches what is it about those good coaches that you've had that you know certain things that they've done that have kind of stuck with you throughout the years and, and maybe the coaching that you've done since then you've tried to maybe use some of those um, you know things that you've noticed when you were younger. This will uh, give me a chance yeah.
0: to kinda of <laughs> Well, you know, it's kinda of funny. Uh, you know, and I I'm I'm a big I am as as far as coaching goes, like I'm big on the little things. Like if you do the little things right, time and time again, then they're gonna they're gonna help out. And it was actually I thought it was funny that you'd mentioned that you went over and you tried out for a team in Hungary because I always and this is a Don Casey M I C D S, you know, when, when we first when we're in like seventh grade and we're learning to pick the ball up, he always tells the story of the Hungarian national team and you know we never know the the, the truth of whether it was practice <laughs> or games but they always practice picking the ball up from the bottom 20 times before yeah. every game and you know and the big fly the big takeaway always was you know if the be- and obviously hun- Hungary is still one of the best in the, in the world and at the time they were the best in the world um, and it was always kind of like if the best if the best players in the world can practice picking the ball up on the bottom, and then you too, in St. Louis, you know, water polo can still do that. But you know, it's it's just those little mechanical things and stuff that that I um, that you know I think we try and focus on quite a bit. Ray, you got anything you want to throw in there?
1: No, I mean I I, I agree with that. I mean I I mean I remember in high school um, when I was playing at Slew High. I mean I played for Coach Ball, and he was that same way. I mean we we focused and drilled stuff until. Till we had it down. So um, I, I think it, coaches coaches that um, really paid attention to detail and were always caring about the little things definitely uh, had an impact on your performance.
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, I would agree with that uh, for sure. And you're going to have to, you know, if I start rambling here, because I could talk on and on and on <laughs> about, uh, you know, water polo as it pertains to coaching. And, and so cut me off if I'm uh, giving you a long-winded answer here. But, you know, I think to – to kind of piggyback off what you guys are saying, I think it's, I was really fortunate to have a coach um, at the club level that moved up from San Diego and his coaching with San Diego Shores for a long time before he decided he wanted to start his own club up in Seattle for some odd reason. And so um, he really just kind of drilled in the importance of fundamentals, kind of what you guys are saying. But I think more than anything and this is this is still something that I'm, I'm very um, I guess passionate about or, or something that I still try and, and really focus on in my practices with uh, college athletes as well but your your body positioning and just the way that you move in the water um, I think you know it's pretty it's pretty easy for at least myself and probably other coaches to look at a group of kids in the water and And you could probably tell right away which ones are are the ones that have played other team sports or maybe, you know, had some experiences and the ones that that haven't. Um, And I think, you know, my my coach at the club level, uh, Tom at Redlands, um, you know, the guys that I played with that were kind of player coaches in Australia, just to see and hear about them talk about your body positioning and – when you're younger, I think you kind of overlook it because you're so focused on things like, you know, your are shooting and how high you can leg up out of the water and how hard you can throw the ball. And, and that's, I think, a huge um, element of the game that, that can get overlooked. And, you know, when you start to watch these higher level players, national team players, uh, you know, the guys
0: on, on Hungary, Serbia and Croatia, just – the way that they move in the water, it's it's so fluid. Fluid. Yeah. Oh man, and that yeah, that is that's the word that comes to mind. And and, and just and I know you were up in uh, uh, the you were at the Cincinnati shootout. And I, and as I'm I'm watching some of the games, they were streaming I'm streaming live. I mean, you could, I mean, you know, some of the stuff that some of those kids could do in the water, um, I mean, you know, it's just, it just looked natural. Um, It wasn't awkward. And, and that I, it is that it's that, that second nature, the way they feel the water, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but yes, they, they look, they look fluid.
2: Yeah. And I think I've had plenty of long conversations with, uh, especially, you know, Tom Whittemore loves to have these discussions, uh, and working with him for three years. We, we've talked about this quite a bit, but, um, I think the difference, you know, if you're comparing, let's say an eight and under in the States to, uh, an eight and under, you know, growing up in, let's say Serbia or Hungary somewhere, um, Typically, the eight and under in, in America is going to be swimming. You know, they're going to be do, doing competitive swimming uh, unless you're lucky enough. And I think now it's becoming more prevalent to have like splash ball, right. uh, you know, opportunities when you're when you're really young to start playing water polo. But otherwise, for the most part, those kids that are in the pool from an early age are just swimming straight lines, you know, focusing on, on their, their, their strokes, um, you know, and, and swim related skills. And I think the flip side of that is the kids that are growing up in Serbia and Hungary and some of these countries that are very successful water polo uh, programs—they're—they're they're playing water polo from a really early age, and you know it's very clear when they get older. And you're, you're watching kids even here in let's say Southern California who've had those opportunities from a very young age to play water polo and, and focus more on those skills. By the time they're 15 16 17 years old and, and playing club and in high school they are way more fluid and, and the way that they move in the water just seems a lot more natural it's oh. not like thinking about it they just kind of react and 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 move on instinct and so um, you know my philosophy is to try and figure out the best way to to instruct that oh, and oh, yeah. If you guys have some insight there I would love to hear it because I'll, <laughs> I'll email
0: it. you I don't want to t- I don't want to tell it over the airwaves so. <laughs> yeah. but.
2: but I think you know one of the things that I, I really I do think is an attributing factor to that is your previous athletic experience and you know I, I'm just going off of what I know um, I feel like I was a pretty good player in my ability to, to move in the water and and to get over my hips um, and my body positioning. But a lot of that I attribute to playing uh, a sport like basketball my whole life, where some of the concepts of just being on a team and and proper spacing on the court and help side defense and how to see ball and man at the same time, a lot of that stuff you know, I learned from playing basketball at a really early age, and I probably wouldn't have been able to pick it up quite as fast had I – not had that experience right and again kind of going back to what i was saying about you know the the swimmer and it's pretty easy to tell the swimmer in the water that from the the kid that has had other athletic experience and i think it's great you know don't get me wrong i I don't want to sound like i'm i'm saying negative things about swimming because obviously it's a huge part of the game but um you know i think it's becoming, you know, there's more and more opportunities now for young kids to start playing at an early age. But unfortunately, those opportunities don't exist for the most part in, you know, the areas where I grew up in, in the Northwest. Um, and now I'm out here in the Midwest, and I think it's even more so, you know, where it's it's pretty rare to find uh, as a 10 and under or even a 12 and under some opportunities to play water polo and receive, you know, some some uh, high-level instruction. So, um, you know, that's that's a very – this is how I get off topic. <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. Right. But, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I'm i really big on the, those types of fundamental skills, you know, your body position in the water, keeping your hips up, trying not to always play vertical on defense, and, and just being able to kind of be fluid as much as you can in the water. And, um, you know, that's something that I'll definitely – uh, be focusing on this upcoming fall at McKendree and in the spring with the women.
1: So as we as we start trying to wrap this up, what what are what are your goals for McKendree this year and then what where would you like to see McKendree be in 5 years from now, say? Sure. Um, you know, one of my immediate goals
2: is to try and just build the the program, you know, purely on a numbers um, basis and and so right now we're at about 16 or 17 Uh, men on the team i'd like to try and you know get closer to about 28 to 30 by next fall so you know for me that's that's a a huge goal of mine is to just try and build the numbers and and to recruit as much as i can and bring in you know 10 to 12 to 15 other players um you know competitively i I obviously want to win um you know, for us to, to place maybe in the top half of our conference, where we're finishing in the top four, I think would be a big achievement for us as a new program.
1: And so, uh, and Ryan, what, what what are you are you guys playing varsity and club this year? Are you just playing varsity, or what? What are you guys actually playing? So we will just be a varsity team this year.
2: Um, we have plans to to be both a club and a varsity program, uh, but again, that's dependent on me you know, and, and how much uh, interest I can create with the club side of things. And if we can get enough kids uh, that want to play water polo, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to either play on the varsity team or if that doesn't work out, you could still play on the club team and we'll have a very competitive experience there um, with all the local clubs in this area.
1: And then, so, and then after, so after building the program this year, I mean, where would you like to see McHenry be in five years from now, say? You know, I, I think it's it's definitely a possibility
2: for us to you know win some conference championships in that time. Um, there's some challenges with that, obviously, and you know I think our, our conference is very competitive. But uh, it would be great for us to be able to advance from the Mid Atlantic uh, Conference tournament to to go on and then play in the uh, the CWPA tournament out East, where where we're now having an opportunity to to qualify for that final, you know, 17 tournaments, uh, from that, you know, the final Four is created. So, you know, in five years, I think it would be great for us. Uh, we're going to now have a division two national championship tournament right now. There's only going to be about four teams in it. So, you know, for us, uh, we're going to have a pretty good shot right away to, to win a division two championship. And I think that's definitely a goal that we'll have over these next few years is to try and compete and hopefully get to that championship game. And, and win a division two championship. And then if we can, uh, you know, place in the top two of our, of our conference here in the next few years, I think that would be huge for us just to, you know, provide another postseason uh, experience and, and to keep advancing forward. And, and then five years from now, who knows, you know, where we'll be, but, uh, I know the guys are, are very confident that are on the team right now. They're, they're very fired up about this opportunity. And I think, uh, you know, as as long as we can put in the work and
0: stay focused, um, you know, we'll be happy with the results. All right, um, coach, are you gonna be uh, are you gonna be playing or are you gonna be poolside this weekend at Clayton?
2: Um, gosh, I, I'm I'm really torn right now. There was a, a tournament in Chicago this weekend and. Uh, you know, I'd he like might to be, be headed
0: there. That's all right. I was just gonna, I was just gonna tell our listeners if you are, if you are at uh, Clayton Pool or Clayton Shaw Park this weekend, uh, you do happen to see uh, Coach Hall, you know, make sure you welcome him to St. Louis and shake his hand and yep. and uh, let him know you listen to the podcast um, and we appreciate him coming on. So, uh, what Coach, all you the McIndry gear. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for spending your afternoon with us. We appreciate it, and uh, we will. Uh, we hope to see you poolside, of course. Thank you, guys. No problem. Thanks, Ryan.